Folks, take it from me, NBA legend Bill Walton. Like all great experiments in American history, the 3 and D Love podcast will revolutionize your life. Welcome to the 3 and D Love NBA podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm your host, Michael Eaney. We're joined, as always, by the brother, Ryan Eaney, and, of course, our namesake, the venerable D-Love, Derek Lovegren. Here we go. Thank you, Michael. All right, fellas, this season is over a month old now, and we've got enough of a sample size to draw a few conclusions. So here is my best stab at it. We know that the Warriors and Suns are going to be the elite of the Western Conference, The Lakers are old and cranky and are hoping to find the fountain of youth in the playoffs. (laughs) And if the NBA media pegs you as a fantasy team, i.e. the Bulls this year and the Hawks the year prior, then it means you've stumbled into the formula for success in the modern NBA era and you're going to be a legitimate contender. How many fantasy league teams do you have, D? (laughs) Too many. (laughs) And they're not going particularly well. But the Bulls, the Bulls are now tied with the Nets. Well, going into tonight, I think they got slaughtered tonight, but uh, they were tied with the Nets atop the Eastern Conference with the Wizards and Heat right on their heels. Wow. Uh, Otherwise, we'll probably need another month or so before we know anything about the Eastern Conference. (laughs) But, guys, after we pointed out last week that the Bucks and the Hawks were struggling out of the gate, the Bucks won now four straight, and the Hawks five in a row Whoa. so uh nothing inspires a team more than getting called out by the three <laughs> that's right <laughs> motivation we'll baby the, motivation yes we'll I, see if the uh if the bucks or hawks are making their move or the uh likes of the bulls and wizards are going to continue battling the nets and the heat for the top spots uh in other news around the league we had our first coach fired Ring it up. (laughs) And we all got it right, the three of us. If only it was this easy. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like a gimme. This was like a a one-foot He was like the only – we all got it. We all picked him, right? Yes, we did. So, see, you can't say nobody What's a sign that you shouldn't be employed any longer? When all the the schmucks out in the the world picked you to be fired, it means you probably should be fired already. (laughs) Okay, so Luke Walton, the coach with – the second highest win percentage in Sacramento Kings history, wow. which stems from 1985 and consists of 18 coaches, wow. was re- relieved of his coaching duties and was w- replaced by Alvin Gentry, who has now coached every team in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, Gentry. The downside, Luke, is you're no longer a head NBA basketball coach. The upside is more time with dad. Let's do it. Phil, <laughs> San Diego, here we come. <laughs> that reminds me when he was going to get the, the, uh, was he coached the Lakers? Right? Oh, right, right, Lakers yeah. job. And Bill like told him and said in an interview, he's like, I told him he shouldn't do it. I don't, I, you know, he's got a good thing going there <laughs> in Golden State. Why would you want to be a it's head basketball coach? Nirvana. It reminds in me LA. of uh, Coach Wooden. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal so Wilkes. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is it is crazy how if Luke could have just got along more with LeBron, he'd still be the Lakers coach. I don't know if they won the title. I think Vogel has done well there, but it's just 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't think he'll get another shot at least for a while. So he's had his two shots. <laughs> David Blatt is saying the same thing, right? <laughs> if only would have gotten, 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 and that trade to call a timeout. We didn't have any at the end of the game. If only I hadn't hired Ty Lue as my assistant. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we we all got we all got the conclusion because when we went around and looked all the coaches, there was a surprising number of coaches of bad teams who got ex- contract extensions. There wasn't that many. Um, and so he was like, and we didn't have Scott Brooks to pick on anymore. That's true. Either. That's true. You won't have Scott Brooks to pick on anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I wonder what they're doing. And that is a crazy stat that he had the second highest winning percentage. They started out, you know, 500 or so. And they just went through kind of a long losing streak and, now he's done. Um, yeah, I think I think George Carl tweeted like, "Yeah, probably time for him to go." But the owner should definitely sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind that is one of those eighteen coaches, George Carl. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I forgot. <laughs> There's so many of them. That's funny. Yeah, you might have an axe to grind. Because on this note, on this note, I know a lot of you would have guessed that it was Gary St. Jean who would have been the coach oh, of the second winningest winning percentage behind, of course, number one, the great oh, yeah, Rick man. Adelman. But, they have uh, not been to the playoffs since he left. I well, know. he got fired. Or before. Yeah. Did they get there before? Yeah. This is like when Nebraska fired Bo Pelini after going nine and four, and they haven't had like nine collective wins since then. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I, yeah, they were terrible before, and they were terrible after. If that isn't like – Enough for his Hall of Fame induction. That should have been enough right there. <laughs> we need yeah, to make, make a like, club for this. Teams that fired them without, they got too big for their britches. Well, on this note, though, the, my takeaway from this is that the Sacramento is an abysmal franchise, even worse than we thought when you put them under the microscope. Yes. That can even make Bill Russell look bad. And Rick Adelman deserves his own statue in the capital city. That's, what <laughs> That's I, true, I, man. I forgot George, I forgot George Carl coached there. <laughs> you know, there's like, Bill, so, like many, Bill Russell coached so many there. coaches. Reggie Theus, Paul, Paul Westfall. Westfall. Oh, RIP. Yeah. Oh man. Alvin Gentry. Bill Russell, that was his, like, that was the thing that drove him out of the league. Right. He was like Russell, you know, of course, uh, uh was the player coach for the Celtics and then coached, your Sonics, Sonics for a while, yeah, right? Exactly. Did okay. They're yep. not maybe not great, but then he went to Sacramento. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. I'm retiring. No more. I mean, honestly, like if you were in Boston in the '70s, and then Seattle and Sacramento in the '80s, where would you want to live the rest of your life? Mercer yeah, Island, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Elgin Baylor went to anonymity. college there, and Phil Russell lives there. So <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing. I've I've actually I love that you brought this up. Having lived in Seattle now for fifteen years, I'm like so curious how Bill Russell lives on Mercer Island, like the highest kind of. I mean, the highest community of literally like affluent white people and all of affluent white city is on this island between you know in the middle of a lake and somehow bill russell lives there in anonymity like he's not it's not like well known it's not well publicized he's not like out and about i mean i assume he has like his like local coffee shop he goes to maybe i'm assuming he's like sort of around a little bit but it's just 
I mean, what a way to what a way to this you know sunset your life, man. That's a the guy's the guy's undefeated, man. I, he's a, I, anonymity no more now that you've outed where he lives. That, I mean, that's our next interview, Michael. You got to go over to that coffee this coffee shop. So just uh... he's probably a donut guy. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's it. It it's crazy though. It's like how how does a guy who is that smart, you know? Their owner, how does he like? And seems to know basketball. Like he coached basketball. He, I mean, fifth grade YMCA. I don't think qualified. I mean, he did. He did get in a. Yeah, uh, I coached fifth grade YMCA. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He, actually, I did too. Uh, <laughs> my, my favorite feedback from Vivek, Vivek was when he bought the team and then immediately suggested that they should play four on five on defense. That's what he did, though. <laughs> he he got in a he got in a, a Malcolm Gladwell book for doing that. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nice. But at least he like Elevator. liked the game, and then he was you know part owner in the Warriors. Like he, it was a pity purchase. Stern was trying to screw Seattle. We all know the story, and he gave him no. The I think that's part of. It. I, th- I think it's like sort of the it's the you know it's the poisonous tree. You know, it's the fruit of the poisonous tree. It's like they, the, the, sh- they should have been in Seattle. Stern him pulled that Johnson, move. Man. Talk about poison. Yeah, they had to cancel. They. They had a 30 for, only 30 for 30, I think, that got made and then got shelved because they did it about the Kings keeping – the Sacramento keeping the Kings and then all these allegations resurfaced about Kevin Johnson and they dropped it. So oh. it's like – Yikes. Yeah. We could have avoided all of yeah. this if we had a team with the stadium and Soto. And Ballmer would have been our owner. It would have been so great. Meanwhile, Ballmer's taking his team to Inglewood. Didn't you uh, learn about the Kevin Johnson thing when you were in college and uh, West Falls kid was your roommate? Wasn't that where you got got wind of that? And then like 10 years later, it became a major story that brought down his political career. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, it was surprising that, you know, Paul Westfall, RIP, conservative evangelical Christian, his favorite son by far was Charles Barkley, which I think we knew everyone loves Charles, but he yeah, couldn't stand that. Kevin Johnson or AC Green. So it makes you wonder, you know, it was like, hmm, you know, there's a lot. So yeah, it's really unfortunate. Or that backstabber Cotton Fitzsimmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It almost made Paul go, gosh, dilly darn it. So, you know, <laughs> RIP, but yeah, it's, it's just weird though that they're not. Yeah, they're just they've struggled so much, and they even have like Monty McNair, who's a Maury guy. It's just it's why I always think it'd be interesting to find out with these teams, like who actually makes the decisions. It's pretty clear, I guess Vivek is deeply involved, and that's the problem. You know, he's gone from Vladi Divots to like a Maury disciple. You couldn't get much different in terms of the continuum of NBA GMs, but. I don't know. I mean, now they're talking about, I think Charks had a piece about De'Aaron Fox. Like, is he their guy going forward? I mean, he can't really shoot. He's just, like super athletic and can attack the rim. Can you play with Halliburton? Now they have the defensive dynamo out of Baylor. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> do, you, do you think Gentry is going to bring uh, Marvin Bagley from the depths uh, and actually play him now? Because... Was that what got Walton fired? He's gonna, no, Alvin Jennings is going to do what he's done at every stop. He's going to instill a defensive attitude. <laughs> they're going to grind it out of the defensive end. No, they're just going to run and gun, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to yeah. be great. 
Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Halliburton's gonna just get shots up. Fox will just run pick and roll. Heald will shoot it like thirty times a game. We can't talk uh King's history without just at least mentioning how close they were that year to winning a title. They were like as close as the Blazers were the year that they, they blew it in game seven against the Lakers. Both of the Lakers. Trigger, Trigger, Trigger warning. Both of the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. But they had that the, that was the series of what, two thousand or two thousand one and they, they, it was the the Ori shot where Divock tipped it out, remember, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. like game four of the series and the Kings could have gone up three one. Yep. And then it was game six in LA that the Kings are still saying was the worst ref job ever since the uh Seahawks 2006 against the, Oh, trigger uh, alert, trigger, trigger alert, trigger alert. <laughs> well, we're at it. Man, Seattle Sports, no old. Sonics, Seahawks Huskies are garbage. This is <laughs> The Mariners so, are back though, so we had to pay a penance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're back to a negative run differential. <laughs> they're back Pythagorean was about 10 games under 500, but let's move on. But um, anyhow, Adams uh Adelman is still cursing that game 6 ref ref game job, but anyhow. Yeah, so uh and that team was ama- to- that team was amazing. One thing with that team, which was before its time, and I think you've seen it. We see it with Jokic. We see it with Embiid. We see it with these like as we get more and more big guys who can pass. And Jokic is obviously off. He's like best passer in the league overall. But just when you can invert the way Adelman did it with like he had Weber, he had Tivots, eventually had Brad Miller. He had guys who could do it, but he also put in like an offense that really like played to those strengths. And it's just. I think it's still something that's incredibly valuable is when you have big guys who you can run your offense through. Because I don't care who you are, like how even in the days of NBA where the big guys are incredible, like Evan Mobley can guard in the perimeter, all these guys can guard the perimeter. They're so great. Big guys have typically been the big guy their whole life. Maybe there's the Anthony Davises. There's certain guys who gain the six inches when they're in ninth grade or something. But generally, <clears throat> they've been tall. Even if they're the most athletic guy in the world, they're not loving chasing guys around even in this league like rudy gobert is not like being out in the perimeter so if you invert your offense so the big guys are the ones out and they can actually see and pass it just i think that explains a lot of Jokic's effectiveness i mean he's incredible but just the fact that he can be the one outside doing that and i think 20 years later i mean that was still incredibly special what they could do with that team so it wasn't just that they were so close they were also sort of ahead of the game in terms of their style and approach um yeah, it's just a bummer. They just depended too much on Bibby, though. I mean, people blame Weber, but I think it's more that they – maybe that's partly Weber couldn't be that guy, but they just put way too much on Bibby. I think that was the – even he played great in the playoffs at times. It just was, wasn't was meant to be. Well said. Okay, well, continuing around the league, guys, we had an incident in Detroit last night, and uh, in, in the fans – Say who? Say time. what? <laughs> Back to Huskies. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what transpired varies based on the team account. If you ask the Pistons, they will tell you that LeBron James cheap shotted Isaiah Stewart with an elbow to the mouth. And if you ask the Lakers, they will tell you that Isaiah Stewart inadvertently ran his face into <laughs> LeBron's elbow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a a bloodied Stewart. Went after LeBron Hart and was held back by, by team players, team personnel, and eventually security as he tried on three separate occasions <laughs> to mow through everyone to get to LeBron. The best <laughs> part was. Sec- <laughs> go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, eventually security was able to get him away from LeBron. So 
On the bright side of things, it's nice to see that the Pistons have finally beefed up their security <laughs> since the Palace Brawl in 2005. <laughs> oh, boy, no respect for your elders. I mean, he went after him. He just can't. He, like, would get calm, like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And they just start running after him again. <laughs> the, my favorite part was when he realized that there was no – because he had done the first major – he had, like, gotten pushed back, pretended he was okay, and then right, rushed him. And then he got pushed back again. He realized he couldn't do that same trick again. So then he realized he could run around. He could run in the tunnel and do the back way. <laughs> it felt like when you're playing tag or hide and seek tag or something, you're like, now I know where to go. <laughs> Never yeah. find me. And someone yeah. ran over to that Lakers bench and is like, he's coming through the tunnel. <laughs> And he was, yeah, he's but, fast. I mean, it wasn't just he's like strong. I mean, people yeah. were comparing him to like Charles Oakley and like, and, but like Stewart can run, man. <laughs> that was the no, thing he, about it. he was like, he can move too. He's not just like, he's not one of those boxers where you, if you just kind of stay out of his punchy radius, you're fine and you can't catch. It's like that guy's bringing the thunder right to you, man. <laughs> no, it was like, uh, what was that? There was a football game where there was a, a lineman who was. He was actually an, an eligible receiver, but he caught a ball and he started making these moves and like juke left and right, spin, and finally was brought down. And it was like, whoa, there's some, some athleticism, some prowess there. Yeah. You think LeBron was scared? I think LeBron, after like the Cantor situation and Isaiah Stewart, dude, he just going to go back on the injured list for a while. I think at this point, I think he was just frustrated, right? I mean, they were down at that point in the game. You know, he's he's been out. See how crappy his team is without him. Um, the whole Cantor thing, I think, is like is like we talked about LeBron. He has the he sort of he has some of the issues that go along with being like a child star, like D Love you've noted before. The same time, he also has a real, I think a real, he wants to be liked. Like he does really want people to like him. And he's definitely not someone like who doesn't care. He does care. And so I think what like Cantor is calling out for him about his, um, subversions to China and to like putting money in his Nike and shoe and economic interests above, you know, standing up for rights of, you know, Yeager's other, you know, concentration camps in China, other issues that are going on there. Um, I think that really took it out of him, man. <laughs> I think he, understandably, right, we just get called out in that sort of way. And he tried to make up to the game like, oh, Kander wasn't a man about it. He had a chance to talk to me about it afterwards, and he did. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good, good, good messaging there. Um, Stay on point. It's just like, you know, I mean, it's the same thing as Apple and all the, I mean, they all are in bed. And you know, engage with this. And I guess if I have an iPhone, so you know, I'm supportive of it too, at some level. Well, so. it's the same thing for Cantor. That's the joke of it all. I mean, really. I mean, that's what LeBron should have said. Been like, well, you've you've made a hundred million dollars in your NBA career. How about you give give back your percentage of the Nike deal, dude? Like, like, come on. I just, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, just disingenuous to me. I think it's hard to criticize him for being disingenuous, though, when what he's gone through with Turkey and where he came from. I mean, sure. he's definitely someone who, you know, I mean, he definitely stands up and speaks out for stuff he believes in. And it's definitely cost him when it comes to Turkey and criticizing the leadership there. So um, I was going to say, not everyone has the, has the audacity to 
uh, go after a dictator, right? And at the with the consequences to your family. I mean, like not everyone has that boldness to be able to do that. Yeah, I think your point. He did it after he made a bunch of money in the league, so he's got some. Which is driven protection. by the China revenue. I mean, the CBA. I mean, the, the salary cap went back like multiple percentage points because Daryl Morey tweeted "Free Hong Kong." I mean, the the money flowing into the league associated with China right now is substantial. So the idea that like you're literally in a position of power because you make it made a hundred million bucks in your career. I mean, I get it. He, he's a principled person who has been, but it just it feels like you you could pick your battle in a way that's not quite as you know it just it just feels like he's missing some of the forest from the trees in terms of his own benefits to, from the situation not just because he doesn't have a nike shoe deal necessarily yeah i just well, uh, go ahead d i was gonna say the lesson here is that we're all complicit in something i don't know <laughs> that's true that's definitely true uh you can talk to us about original sin. Is that the next topic? <laughs> now, no theologian corner. Yeah, yeah. We should have that one of these weeks. Um, I, I just, I think Deckard. the reason it's uh, the reason it's you know it is an interesting dynamic is because of um, kind of the ongoing dialogue in the league and just in general about the U.S.'s relationship with China and then what went down with Daryl Morey and how people responded. I think you know LeBron's response was like. It's just business. It's it was sort of like the Jordan, like everyone buys shoes sort of situation. Um, but at the same, I, I think where it becomes difficult, and obviously it's very different, and you've seen Steve Kerr try to square this circle or circle this square or whatever by, you know, he didn't say anything for a long time about China. Um, and then I think he eventually kind of recognized that and – I think his argument was, well, this is my country. I'm not gonna, I'm not as knowledgeable about another country. Um, I'm not sure how knowledgeable you have to be to read about the concentration camps happening in certain <laughs> parts of China. Uh, so I'm not sure if that flies. Uh, but but I think I think that is the dynamic of like you know there's there's understandable support uh, for justice, but if you're being selective about it, it's you know I think there is some some value in. Um, you know, there being some accountability with how you deal with that, and you and you saw it's interesting. You saw the, uh, the women's tennis commissioner, and you know, with this, I don't know if you guys have read about the Chinese tennis player who's was missing yeah. after um, making some allegations of sexual assault against a member of the Chinese leadership, or I should say, the Chinese Communist Party leadership. Because again, now this is about China; it's about the CCP. And, and I guess now she like the Olympic committee talked to her. So now they're saying she's fine, but I think the tennis president organization is like, no, we want to know more. And I mean, they're, it's interesting that they're taking that stand. Now you could say maybe they're the Andes Cantor. They don't have as much to lose, I guess. Um, but it is, it's interesting seeing more and more of that, like coming out, um, and just politically, obviously, the terrain has changed when it comes to China and people's view on China. And obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of if you think about the risks of the world order, that's definitely the place that there's the most concern about, particularly when it comes to Taiwan. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So I have to say from the NBA perspective, I think LeBron had a very long week. He came back from injury. He has to play with Russell Westbrook every night. Um, <laughs> and his canters. 
putting pictures of him on his shoes <laughs> and walking past him in the in the in the uh, you know in the tunnel after the game. And then Isaiah Stewart is boxing him out, man. He was like he was banging him hard. <laughs> and I think LeBron just snapped, and he's just like, yeah, Get it was off the final me, straw. You know? <laughs> well, I just can I just say, I mean, besides the fact Isaiah Stewart, uh, fellow Husky, go dogs. Uh, my favorite, my my the worst part of this really is that we should all go short the Lakers because if someone like Isaiah Stewart is already not respecting LeBron at this point in his career, there's no hope left for the Lakers. I mean, I just, I, I the first thing I thought when I watched Stewart going at LeBron was no one would have dared do this three or four years ago, and and instead, uh, he's he's lost maybe a step or two, and and all of a sudden, it's. Uh, it's okay for, for people to go at him. And so I'm curious what that's ultimately, you know, if that really is sort of a tenor in the league that has changed. And if it is, it hasn't changed for 15 years. So it's kind of, that's a pretty big deal. So is this a thing where uh, it's not the younger generation, they're, they're no longer in awe of LeBron, or is it like when we joke about with David Letterman where Stewart's like, so who is that guy that I went after today? <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea. Was that was that Anthony Davis? Was that Westbrook? I, yeah, I I think it's um, I think it just really pissed Stewart off that it was a cheap shot, and I think the fact that I think the weird part is LeBron. I mean, he he has moments. He he sells things, and he kind of can be be a little dramatic, all up Paul Pierce in terms of his response to certain things. But I can't remember many times where he's like. I don't know. I guess he did like shove someone down on like a dunk last year. I remember. So he's, he does things, but I, I think in some ways it was just kind of like, I mean, it was, it was cheap. It was a cheap shot, man. He, he drilled him like right in the yeah. face. Um, so I think that's where he's like, I think Stuart literally saw red. I mean, he saw like the blood. He was like, you can't do that. You can't get away with that. And I think it's interesting because he got two day, two games and, LeBron got one, and obviously, like, Stewart didn't stop, right? He kept going after it, after it, after it. But it is, like, um, you know, it was, what LeBron did was super, super cheap and is, like, much more dangerous than, like, some of the things people get, you know, they get the flagrants on and get kicked out. So. Yeah, LeBron's never been on the other side of that equation. It's another thing Jordan has – uh, over him because remember the uh when jordan got into it with reggie miller and it looked like he was <laughs> talking about going red and it really looked like he was ready to murder <laughs> reggie miller so, we haven't seen lebron go on the offensive but yeah he would they yeah look, jordan was really upset when they traded oakley for cartwright um before they started their initial run um, but i think jerry Krause knew he knew jordan was ready to be his own enforcer at that point. He no longer needed backup. <laughs> you, you said Cartwright's the kind of guy who's going to cry in the locker room can, if Scott doesn't get off the bench. Yeah, but he'll, he'll bring some emotional leadership. And, you know, Jordan, you could take on the bad boys by yourself. Yeah, well, Horace Grant wasn't going to help him. <laughs> Horace Grant's like, forget that guy. Or write a book and leak some information on him. It's so sad about Allegedly. Scotty, though. Him and Scotty, like, I don't Do you think it was just that they couldn't? I guess you you watch the documentary and you're like, okay, I, I do get it. Like, like you either have to be a really bad, if you're a really like bad, if you're Jed Bushler or Steve Kerr, then it's just like, this is like, I know where I stand. And like, I just am loving every minute of this, getting open jump shots and winning championships. 
But if you're one of those guys who were, especially Pippen, who was so amazing, and even Grant was a you know borderline all star. I guess it's just more confusing for you. Of you're getting like treated like you're garbage, even though you're actually a really good player. <laughs> I don't, I, well, well, they should have done what Kerr did. Kerr was the only one who didn't repress his anger. He he, punch him in the he face. punched Jordan in practice, yeah. so they, their window passed to like really tell them how they felt. I mean, it just seems like there is there's an element of human nature of there has to be some inherent jealousy uh, of Jordan. I mean, the guy who who had it all was the alpha dog so i think there was always a little bit of you know he's the man and hey what about us you know we're helping we're not getting our proper due here um so and and jordan did i mean pippen is jordan was quite the jerk uh through various stages of his career so it's not there's some truth in in what he's written too so well in the documentary i think also just brought some of those wounds up to the you know because they got interviewed and then i'm sure it's like i mean jordan it's jordan it's jordan's documentary i mean executive his group like executive produced it so it's like it's it's more of like an authorized biography as opposed to like some critical piece of art i mean it's it's really like we're gonna tell the truth but like you know you know it's like if bruce feldman writes a book with mike leach it's a great book because it's mike leach and Bruce Holden's a great writer, but it's still like Mike Leach's story. It's not like he's going to like, you know, <laughs> it's not going to take a very contrary position to the person you're writing with. But I, I bet for Pippen especially, it's just like he, he got interviewed, he participated in it, then I'm sure he watched it and we just saw how he was portrayed and how Jordan lashed out at him again about his decision like to not get the knee, inj- get the knee done earlier and all that stuff. And it's just like, he must have just been like, what? Like, <laughs> why do I have to relive this? This was horrible. I don't want to go down this again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was the third best player in 1992. Come on. In the league. <laughs> oh, well, quite the drama. Uh, got a couple more things to touch on here, guys. And in, in other news, Pelicans guard Diddy Lozado was suspended 25 games after testing positive for performance-enhancing substances. The Pelicans said that they were disappointed with the news. They will continue to support him on and off the court, and they don't anticipate that his absence will have any impact on the losses. <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's what I got for that one. I don't think we were too familiar with him as a player. What percentage of guys do you think use performance-enhancing drugs in the league right now? Because it seems like we went through the whole phase. Like, the NBA guys didn't get involved, really. But we had the NFL. We had the especially the ba- baseball stuff for so long. And then that stuff seems to have gone away. Like, we, we, we sort of have these guys who get – they still get it. They'll get this a suspension in baseball or this one kind of rarely in the NBA. But like, what, what's your guys' current take? Like, obviously, it's uninformed. But just, like, what's your intuition of, like, how many NBA guys use performance enhancements that – like if they were caught doing it, they would be like suspended. Uh, who wants to? Go? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I probably I'm probably one of the more pessimistic people here, so I would I tend to put it pretty high. I mean, I think I think like you know, cryo chambers and sleep studies and like diet and exercise can only do so much to the point where we're seeing some of these guys. I mean, especially in the NFL, you see the, the amount of like bicep tears by like. <laughs> I mean, the bicep's a weird muscle 
to tear and it like it feels like it should only tear if your body's way bigger than it ever should be which is hard to do without some sort of you know medical intervention so i you know i have no idea what i'd probably say 20 to 25 yeah. feels pretty reasonable for the nba particularly i think it's probably quite a bit higher in other sports uh at this point i mean i, I think there's a bit of like you know, if I'm in the league shoes, it's again, it's a defensible position. You kind of got a good thing going. I mean, why, you know, why ruffle the feathers in terms of making this a bigger and bigger thing, uh, you know, and, 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 and avoid any sort of scandal to come up. I mean, it's, it, you know, the NBA is no longer testing for marijuana, right? And that's not a permanent change, but that was something that coming back out of the pandemic in the bubble, the players negotiation negotiated and then they basically rolled it forward last year in in a you know pandemic season and then they've rolled it forward again and like they're, i mean they're like the parents of like a high school student you know the like, nba cool. is like oh well you haven't your grades haven't gone down that much so uh no, well, no it was when they found out that kevin durant was smoking regularly <laughs> and they're like all right yeah we're we're good we're, done. we're good like, i mean yeah. i just think so i just i don't i don't uh I just think it's got to be higher. I mean, you, you see some of the transformations these guys make. You know, one guy we know who's not doing it is is, is Nikola Jokic. He's probably not on PDs. Luka Doncic <laughs> probably isn't either. Um, They've been on regiments since they were at twelve in their home countries, man. Yeah, Mar- Marvel Reds. Uh, the Jokic brothers in light, light beer. There, there was a great photo of a a bunch of the Balkan guys at the Olympics all sitting around and they like all had beers in front of them. <laughs> just like, just imagine like LeBron and like his, you know, posse all with their like, you know, hippy dippy stuff. Well, I remember, I feel like it was 10 years ago or so where this was being talked about a lot where there didn't feel like there was a lot of testing, but everyone's like, look at Dwight Howard, look at LeBron James. There's no way these guys can get that body without, doing something although i mean lebron was like 17 you know like he was that. a freak of nature yeah. when he was when he was yeah i think 16, howard 17. too though i think dwight howard was like that well that's the problem yeah. the, the upper it's like it's like saying adrian peterson was like juicing or something i mean ap i mean the guy was totally insane but it's like <laughs> the next level of guys are the ones you're kind of concerned about you're like oh man that's you know yeah i just find we said something to like obviously we're past the point Fortunately, where you kind of look at people and you're like, are they juicing? Are they not? And I think it just, you know, I think Bill Simmons at the time, like years ago when this all was happening, was like people assume the NBA, it's like much less there, but kind of who knows? Um, you still got to run and jump and do things. So it's not like you couldn't benefit from that stuff. I just, when these things happen, I'm just kind of like, is, is that like the one person? Is there like four people doing it and they caught one of the four? Or is there like, 200 people doing it and they caught one because they like took the wrong supplement or didn't cover it the right way or the the testing regime is such that they get tested a couple times a year and like you know you just kind of you know how to manage and mitigate the risk with it so it's just interesting to think about but yeah like maybe zion and and uh brandon ingram both would have been positive, but somehow they threw Teddy okay. Lozano <laughs> under the bus. And he's the fall guy. No, Zion's positive for Mickey D's, and that's about it. <laughs> dude, where's my you, dude? Where's my piss? As they say. 
<laughs> have you seen Have you seen the, the, the Mountain Dew commercial with him and Levine? Playing a lot of video games have been played in the off season. Uh, he's having a good old time. I mean, Uber eats and McChickens left and right. I'm not trying to fat shame the guy, but I, he's a professional athlete. Well, it's hard though because he probably has been doing that his whole life, and he just he got where he was doing it. It wasn't like he had to like he didn't have a chef and like when he was 15 and like like getting a million hits on YouTube for his dunks and stuff. I mean, that guy made the com- overtime elite, like over the overtime company that then sponsoring the uh, one of the youth teams. Like he made that because he was like they captured that and it. They, you know, he didn't get paid anything for it, and they built yeah, a brand. Thanks, yeah, he really helped him a lot. Where are we going next, D? Oh, just got a couple more things to visit, which would be our rookie watch and our MVP watch. Uh, Evan Mobley will be out a couple of weeks with a sprained elbow, and the number one pick, Cade Cunningham, who was criticized for his early slow start and who was being taunted by uh, Jalen Green about 10 days ago, is quietly hitting his stride. Uh, putting together several impressive Is that a pun games, about Isaiah Stewart? What's that? Is that a pun about hitting his stride? Is that a pun? With... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's a good one. I missed that. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, he even had a triple-double last night. So I saw Kate's, that. Kate's coming around. Uh, in the MVP watch, the consensus top three are Steph Curry, Steph Curry, and Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We got to talk. Oh. I mean, they're, the talk of the, the league right now is once again, which we've already visited upon because Michael, you know, so far is nailing his prediction. Should I take the eight points now for picking the conference finals properly, or do I? No, I, because do I have to the wait? Suns are right on their. Did you have him number one? Did you have him number one in the conference? I did not. No, I, I had him, I think, four, but oh. it is. The Curry thing's wild to me because I think particularly MVP is a narrative-based award. It felt like when he got the second one, and I think contextually, you didn't. No one ever considered Steph to be like a top ten guy all time, and that's sort of the echelon you have to be in to win multiple MVPs. That it it just felt like he was never going to get another one. I mean, especially then Durant shows up, right? And it's it's you're kind of splitting votes, and then you figure he's going to be on the backside of his career, and now it's. It's just crazy to me. I mean, he's just—he's clearly gone to another level. He's clearly regarded in a, in a different way than he—he he was. I mean, I think there's a lot of speculation around the league that was, "Hey, w- just wait till 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 the Warriors try to make a run at this." I mean, it's gonna be—we're gonna see the real Steph here, and, and the real Steph's like better than we ever imagined. Hashtag Steph better, as my friend Tim says. Exactly. <laughs> So I I um I just think it's wild to me that they're that that he's got on this run now at at this point in his career. I mean, you know, a couple of nights ago they were down thirteen going into the fourth quarter against the Cavs, and he hit three threes to start the fourth quarter, and then he had back to he had a hockey assist and then another assist that resulted. in And it was him and the brother-in-law game. too. It was it was him and Lee. So not only was he just taking over, he had the ability to lift up his brother-in-law, looking out for his sister making sure he can get another contract at some point is a good role player either for him. Like he's does everything. Steph does everything. <laughs> he does. He does remind me of uh, talking about Jordan. I was trying to think about this week because it's like last week we talked about like Steve Kerr stuck to his guns. He's playing the like Bob Knight special. He's swinging the ball around a lot of ball movement. 
even though it's not the most efficient approach. And he was criticized for it last year, but this year it's working so great. And I realize it's like Steph Curry can make, just like Jordan, he can make your coach seem like a genius because he made Phil Jackson and the triangle seem like this genius thing that like he like, oh, this was the key offense that unleashed Jordan, allowed him to win championships because he believed other people. And Steph is in this great offense where he can draw team, you know, defenders to himself and they move the ball and share. It doesn't run pick and roll. It doesn't matter. You can run anything you want with those guys on offense. And they're like, going to be a great offense. Like, it doesn't really matter. But it allows coaches to tell stories about about themselves and about the team and what matters doesn't matter. Like, he is incredible. He's incredible. And... He is a top 10 player. I mean, you saw, like, think about the team he has right now. I mean, looking at what they're doing differently, it's like Draymond's more engaged and excited to be playing, and he's playing better. Um, Jordan Poole's getting a lot of minutes. He wasn't even on the team this time last year. But, like, there's not that. And they have these, like, additional role players that they added. But, like, those guys all are, like, you know, they have certain skills, but they're like marginal NBA guys or they wouldn't be on one-year contracts. It's all staff, man. It's all him. He's healthy. He is like, you know, he draws he draws everyone to, to him. You know, he brings everyone in and he just – and he also is like better on defense than I think a lot of the other like dominant offensive players of the era are too. I mean, he's definitely better than Harden, better than Lillard. Like he's definitely like very engaged, always doing the right thing. And fast hands. Yeah, really fast steals. Hands. Yeah, exactly. And he got you. I always think about those cab finals where they always would go after him. But, you know, he, he really like um, he's really grown. And, dude, he is like talk about like, you know, performance enhancements. That guy like is strong. <laughs> he is strong. Like, yeah, I know he's like still like he's not ever going to be like a big heavy set dude. But if you think about him compared to like 09, 2010, like he is just like. He is super strong, and you see it in the way he's able to get to the rim. You know, he still plays outside in, so he draws people out to him and then gets around them. But he can finish through contact in a way that even a few years ago, like, he couldn't do. And I feel like that's where he's still, like, Michael said, he's still getting better because he is, like, focused so much on his body and developing his body. And he's taking advantage, just like Brady and Paul and LeBron, of, like, these extended peaks people can have. And, you know, his game was never built on his burst but he is quick and he can get to the rim but like he's so much like stronger now that he can finish through contact and it just makes a huge difference for him it seems like the the key offensive strategy is while steph is moving other guys move to the basket you can get (laughs) Um, when three defenders are focused on him he can create space totally. and just react to that. Don't just watch him move. Just yes. play off of it. Yes. I remember when he was at uh, Davidson that he told the story. I think he was at some thing with his uh, former coach from Davidson. And I don't know if it was Curry or the coach who told the story, but at one point at Davidson, they would have two defenders on him at all times, no matter where he was on the court. So at one point, <laughs> Davidson's coach is like, Go like toward half court and go to the other sideline and see if they send two guys <laughs> out there. And they did. And like Curry said, I, I wouldn't grab some popcorn from someone in the row because they had we were playing we were playing four on three on offense. So uh, it's a little different now. But no, it is. It's like I think Zach Lowe pointed out too. It's like, but it's almost not where that where where he when in transition when he goes to the three point line like two dudes go with him and it's like a wide open dunk for someone like it's like they're so intimidated by it it's crazy he literally there was a clip and and i should go find it i mean there's a clip of him 
he got a transition rebound and and he gets across half court and then he basically sort of breaks down and like at the circle i mean he's like a step or two over the half court line so he's at like 40 feet and four different transition defenders sprint at him it's like it's like an amoeba like converging on him at half court to the point where it was like two passes for a land i mean it's just i mean the stuff he's able to do i think is is amazing and, and it'll be i'm curious to see as they again they get even more full strength right wiseman is is coming we'll see how that goes clay obviously there's a lot of hope for what that means um but they they've got i mean they're 15 and two and they've got depth they've got rotations that make sense i mean you, i mean even kaminga is like showing some like defensively at least he's contributing i mean that's the that's a when he and, they, and they need that they, they haven't had that outside of wiggins is another perimeter guy who can guard twos and threes and yeah he's like light but, light years but, baby but, Ryan, though, isn't this part of your frustration with Kerr is that, I mean, Kaminga yeah. said, yeah, there's times where we're going to play him and then there's times we're not going to play him. <laughs> so he's getting like some games where he's playing eight minutes, seven minutes, and then he's getting a solid, you know, 15 to 20 minutes and and playing well. But I mean, even Kerr said, you know, there might even be a night we send her to the G League <laughs> for a night. I mean, this is not right. The kind of confidence you want to instill. When he's doing yeah. great in practice, is that he's been guarding Curry in practice, and Curry said, "Heard this on a part that Curry, he's like Curry, Curry said he's blocking my shots sometimes. Like he's, <laughs> he's playing me tough." Yeah, I just I kind of wonder when Clay comes back if uh, the Warriors are going to comm- commandeer his boat and they're going to put Wiseman in it and send it up to sea, <laughs> and then he never come, comes back. I think his injury is going to get delayed and delayed and delayed. I, I don't know. I think they're they're worried, but yeah, I I feel like. This is the chance for them to do that. I, I, I think the one hard part, the one part I do feel for Curves, I don't probably say enough, is I do think someone like Draymond like doesn't care about like development of players. You know? <laughs> He's going to like go after you if you can't like know the rotations and stuff. But it's also kind of like he sees defensively like Steph sees offensively. Like it's, it's to another level. Um, and it has been fun to see him be like reengaged and reinvigorated by this. Cause I got a little worried. I think I texted you guys a couple times last year. He just did not look right. Um, definitely two years ago, but last year too. And it was like, man, this contract could be rough if he doesn't kind of come around. Um, and he has, he's like, again, it's always weird. Like these NBA, it's like, he's in shape, you know, <laughs> it's like the greatest winner, one of the greatest winners of all time. But it's like, is he in shape? Maybe, maybe not. Um, that's why he's one, he's one with a common man. Draymond, Draymond lost 25 pounds in season. Yeah, Draymond's one of the people. He's one of us. Uh, so it's it's been like, I mean, he is playing so well. His defensive versatility always was there, but the way the league has developed is just like, it's perfect for him because he can really guard almost anybody. Um, and he can play like he plays like, he plays safety basically on defense and he just kind of like calls everyone out and doesn't want to do so. Oh. I think if Kaminga, it, if Kaminga just listens to Draymond, he'll, he'll be getting minutes left and right. <laughs> I just, I can't wait till Draymond's, you know, guarding like the entire Phoenix Suns roster, just daring him to shoot mid range jumpers. Yeah. I mean, I, apparently, the the finals. Uh, apparently Jordan Poole is the only one who talks back uh, to Draymond. <laughs> he's the only one who doesn't take any of Draymond's crap from Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr took him aside in the G League and was like, "All right, 
When Draymond gets into you, you just got to hit him one time and run, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be good. But yeah, that's what I did with Jordan. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I just yeah to your point D that's the, my concern and is you know and they're playing great and they're a twelve point differential and they don't have Clay yet so it's all roses right now but I just wonder like can you um, when they move forward um, that can you get away with some of the guys who are playing a lot of minutes for them right now. Um, against some of these, um, you know, better teams. Um, like, they're getting a lot from, you know, Porter and some of the other guys off the bench for them. And obviously, like, everyone's loving the way Peyton's playing and Iguodala's back showing flashes. But that's the piece that's just – I mean, again, if you're talking about the bench and if your bench is going to be there later in the season or not, that's a great problem to have. But I just – that's where I kind of wonder is when they start playing – better teams where they can't you know where Poole and Wiggins and Draymond and Steph can play and then Clay that's still good but like the rest of those guys yeah that's where you really want Kaminga to step up and hopefully Wiseman because they could really do that um but yeah it's it's fun I mean it's fun it's fun to see Steph like you were saying it's like Steph getting the love he deserves so good for him what and it's it's fun. I mean, particularly on the MVP side. I mean, the next I think two considered favorites would be Giannis and, and KD, at least in the betting markets. And watching KD age as Curry does. I mean, I think I always sort of imagined Durant would age really well. I just feel like figure he could shoot jumpers the rest of his life, just being a seven foot kind of you know dead eye. But it, it is interesting as you know to see how what the next couple of years of his career has because I mean his his rim rate and his free throw rate have plummeted compared to where they were a couple of years ago. I mean, and you just wonder coming off you know post Achilles and how much does his game change? How much does his attacking you know physicality change with regards to what he's got left in the tank? And and then you see a guy like Curry and and it, it not just aging well i mean he's in he's like actively improving i mean there's an article recently about how he's tried to evolve his his shooting to think of it as as making swishes inside of swishes right he wanted to be like so precise like yeah. the rim whoa, was too big of a target whoa that's definitely was, the, steph curry is a golfer man that's a golfer comment right there i love no, that i, I actually think that. it was a clay i think clay was probably high and he was like steph this is what we should talk they're, about they're it. on the boat or they're at the burrito <laughs> place in montclair one of the two yeah i love it or both uh quick shout out to a friend of the pod sean spang for both giving uh that story to us as well as the history of the sacramento kings and their 18 coaches. Yeah, there's two references S- salute spang. salute you spang <laughs> Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's 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 fun. I mean, you are Michael, you are talking about a guy who's thirty three, averaging twenty eight and a half on fifty six percent shooting, eight rebounds and five assists. Yeah, not bad. And and kind of questioning his Well, the shooting thing always well, translates, right? So it's like obviously it's probably not gonna be a problem. I just it's interesting to see him transition from you know, arguably the most well rounded offensive player in the league to what amounts to like you know he he's following a more of the Curry mold obviously with a little less emphasis on on the three pointer explicitly, um, you know because there's 
you know, he's not nearly as prolific. He can shoot it, but he doesn't. He really kind of seems to settle into that mid range quite a bit, uh, which can be done well. I mean, assuming you can really shoot it. Fifty six percent though, it's crazy. I'll tell you what. What's going to happen is that uh, Giannis and Curry are going to test positive for performance enhancing substances, <laughs> and then Durant will be the front runner because Durant's body hasn't changed. Uh, in, in some, Since he know, couldn't bench, he couldn't bench press one hundred fifty pounds. At yeah. The, he still can. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? <laughs> Draft Odin. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is, it does feel like um, Steph is able, you know, to get, he is, like, expanding, attacking, um, and continuing that way. And, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to see him and Durant both. At the peak of their powers at this point, and the you know in, the, in their careers, I mean they're both like the same age. So, um, I sorry, I have to jump in to give give one piece of advice to Curry um, that I've said to Anthony Davis. Stop. Um, you don't need when James Harden is is rolling to the hoop, going hard. You do not need to take a charge. Yeah. Uh, Curry missed a game with the uh, with the wounded hip there, and he even said he's like, well, taking that charge kind of messed me up. It's not. It's not. Yes. Worth it. Do we need a? Do we need another reason to get rid of the charge call? We'd injuring our best players. It was. It was like when um, Teddy Bridgewater. Did you see that for the Viking for the Broncos? Excuse me. A few weeks ago, um, he threw an interception or something happened. A fumble and like oh, there was yeah. this slow mo of like the guy like with the return going right past him and you know, he, was, he had an angle. He was right there to make a tackle and he's kind of ducked out of the way and he got ripped for it and he apologized for it and everything. And I think like, the pro football talk guy like made a good point. It's like, no, you're a quarterback. You shouldn't be trying to tackle guys. Like it's much yeah. more important. Like that's the right move. Like, why are we on this yeah. guy's case about it? And it's like, yes, Steph, don't, don't try and show us how tough you are. Just stay healthy, please. Yeah. <laughs> and don't even go near the action. Like yes. just go toward the sideline. Then it doesn't, you don't look as bad that way. It's <laughs> true. It's like, Make, what is a punter doing on make the field it less, trying to go around to tackle someone? To... Make it less obvious. <laughs> well, it is It is interesting as we come down, you know, we're now getting into like the meat of the season and, you know, Christmas games are around the corner, which is sort of the unofficial start of the season. In a lot yeah, of we'll ways, actually get Thursday games eventually, which will be nice too. And so uh, it is, you know, it, there seems to be, I mean, Ryan, I think you said it. I mean, there seems to be about seven bad teams and then a lot of parity so far. I mean, and and it'll be, I think, injuries will play a big role. I mean, obviously, Michael Porter Jr. is reported oh. to be potentially out for a long a long stretch with another back issue, which is a, obviously a big... The L.A. Clippers doctor is like, I told you! I told you! <laughs> You've heard that one? Porter is, always... Is his... He always criticizes the Clippers doctor. Like He's like, you told me I'd never play again. Da-da-da-da-da. It's like... Oh, man. I hope, I hope he's wrong. This is not good. It's not good when you have a career-threatening injury. It kind of... You're able to surmount it for a couple of years, and it comes back. Yeah, this feels like a scary. Brandon Roy, scary. the Brandon Roy thing of like, was, was his his knee was damaged all along. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was only a matter of time. And because yeah, he missed a Porter missed a lot of, <clears throat> sorry, a lot of games uh, early on in his career. I mean, he right, he was a late late his starter. Whole rookie season. Yeah, the rookie yeah. Season. I mean, oh, yeah, his, whole, season, his so. whole freshman year at Missouri. 
Yeah, so he's had a nice. Should have been UW but, uh, if if they hadn't fired Lobro. Porter would have been healthy. Everything would be perfect. But carry on, D. Carry on. We wouldn't have had <laughs> yeah. the brawler Isaiah Stewart though. So, that's I mean, true. Yeah, that's true. Tomato. That's true. That's true. Stewie. <laughs> I mean, hey, Roy. You know, you dub guys well. He made it five years, but uh, yeah, not looking good for Porter. But you know, it'll be it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun kind of holiday season as as a lot of these fun. I mean, there's a lot of like fun matchups and storylines to me as we, you know, again get into the thick of it, right? As you start to see some separation, you know, it's fun to you know you see the Jazz and Suns kind of towards the top, which is about to be, which was to be expected. But I mean, even the Timberwolves, you kind of they're hanging in there. Yes, um, Anthony is, Edwards, man. As team like trade Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, who needs Cat? You know, Who needs it? They got Anthony I'm Edwards. I'm curious man. to see how that guy that progresses. And they do have a positive point differential. You don't need Cat. You got Anthony Edwards. That guy's incredible. He's so good. I, just, I love it. I love when the young guys are good. It's great. Like I, I, whoever wants these guys to fail, that's not us, man. We just, it's so cool seeing these guys be good. Ball stepping up. Edwards. Wiseman. <laughs> Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche, Ine, touche. Greg I mean, Popovich. Did... Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it feel, though, like every time we're talking about the Warriors, like you're always thinking in the back of your mind. I mean, I think we, we said this maybe last week, but the missed opportunity. Seriously. Lamelo, you know. You guys are sad, guys. You gotta be just, just think about how great Curry is, and then just you can keep going. No, it's like he's winning with one hand behind his back. I mean, not just the clay injury, but I, I do think the way they were playing last year, not playing pool, maybe pool wasn't ready. Like, you know, once pool came up, Wiseman stepped back. They were great end of last year. Been great this year. But, yeah, we, they, they whiffed. I mean, again, Kaminga could be really good. Hopefully Wiseman comes back and is good. Moody could be good. But, like, they're leading the league in point differential, and they're getting – Basically nothing from that. The best of the three, maybe down the G League part of the season. <laughs> so that's not a good. It's not a great return, but uh, you know, it's working thus far. Well, guys, I missed an opportunity uh, to bring back trivia with the uh, Sacramento Kings information because I realize now that would have been a, a, you know, how do you rank like the two, three, and four Kings coaches uh, all-time winning percentages? But Luke Walton. Uh, at some point, we will we will plan to, to bring back trivia. But our uh, apologies to Michael Jordan. He doesn't like us praising Steph Curry so much, <laughs> and he didn't like our take on the documentary. So sorry about that, MJ. He took that personally. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us at the 3 and D Love NBA Podcast. We'll be back next time. But until then, remember, throw it down, big man. This isn't just a great podcast, it's a triumph of the human spirit.